I know home loans. Uh, today's episode, brand new episode, it's going to be focused on government insured loans, such as the FHA loan, the USDA loan, and the VA loan. So I'm going to talk about the basics, as well as some insights that only loan officers really know about. I'm going to share with you guys so you guys get a step up above, and at least you you know you'll be ahead of the curve. You'll understand um, what the basics are to qualify for these type of loans, and um, just a little known facts about it and see how you can leverage those loans and have you use it to your best advantage. So I'm going to first start off with uh, the government insured loan. I'm going to go off with the FHA loan. Uh, like I said, I'm going to cover all three different government programs, the FHA loan, the VA, and the USDA loan, and I'm going to start off with the FHA loan. So the FHA loan is uh, one more thing, too. I do have a guest speaker. Uh, it's not necessarily a person. It's actually a cat. It's my cat, Junie. So <laughs> if you hear her in the background, she's sharing the two cents. And uh, you might hear her. You might pick it up on that. Otherwise, she might be quiet. We'll see we'll see how she feels about these loans. She might give her like a her own two cents. So back to what I was saying. Let's get back to the... There she goes. You can, you can her. The first loan is an FHA loan. So the, the FHA loan, pretty much, it's a, it's a Federal Housing Administration loan. Uh, it's a home mortgage that is insured by the government and is issued by a bank or other lender that's approved by the agency. FHA loans require a lower minimum down payment uh, than many conventional loans. And applicants may have lower credit scores, which is lower credit scores are usually required. FHA loans are designed to help low to moderate income families attain home ownership. They're particularly popular with first-time home buyers. That's why a lot of people say, "Oh, you're gonna get an FHA loan. You're getting a first-time or first home, first-time home buyer," and that's not necessarily the truth. Anyone can get an FHA loan. It doesn't have to be your first home. It's just that most people who get their first homes usually get that because you know the the down payment is so low. Um, there's people who have a conventional loan and they get an FHA loan on their second one, or on their third home, or on their fourth home, and you know, and so on. Or someone who already had a, a, an FHA loan, or I'm sorry, a regular loan, and later down the road, you got a reverse mortgage, which is something I'm going to talk about in a different episode. And But that's actually, the reverse mortgage is actually an FHA loan as well. Like I said, there's, there's more than one way to get an FHA loan, and you don't have to be just a first-time homebuyer. So back to FHA loans. Uh, with FHA loans, the down payment can come from a savings, a financial gift from a family member, or a grant, um, or even a down payment from, from a down payment assistance program. The FHA doesn't actually lend any money for a mortgage. They just insure it. So the loan is issued by a bank or financial institution that is approved by the FHA. The FHA guarantees a loan. That makes it easier to get bank approval since the bank isn't bearing the default risk. Some people refer to it as an FHA insured loan for that reason. Borrowers who qualify for an FHA loan are required to purchase mortgage insurance with premium payments going to the FHA. Congress created the FHA in 1934. This was during the Great Depression. At that time, the housing industry was in trouble. The default and foreclosure rates had skyrocketed. 50% down payments were commonly required. You heard that right, 50% down payment. And the mortgage terms were impossible for ordinary wage earners to meet. Oh, there she goes. I think Junie's talking about the FHA. Maybe she doesn't like it, or maybe she does. We'll see. Uh, as a result, the U.S. was primarily a nation of renters, and only one in ten households owned their homes. So the government ensured, you know, they created this this FHA loan to reduce the risk for lenders and make it easy for borrowers to qualify for a home loan. Now, there's a few types of FHA loans. So the first one with FHA is a 203k. It's an improvement loan. 
This loan factors the cost of certain repairs and renovations into the amount borrowed. It's great for those who are willing to buy a fixer-upper and put some sweet equity into their home. There's also the traditional mortgage loan. Uh, another one is an FHA Energy Efficient Mortgage. This program is similar to the FHA 203K Improved Loan Mortgage, but it's focused on upgrades that can lower your utility bills, such as an installation as, uh, insta installation as new installation or solar or, or wind energy systems. Then there comes a home equity conversion mortgage, which is what I said before, the reverse mortgage. So the reverse mortgage program helps seniors um, ages 62 and older convert the equity in their homes to cash while retaining the home's title. The homeowner can withdraw the funds in a fixed monthly amount, a line of credit, or a combination of both. Uh, and there's, then there's a next revert, there's a next FHA loan, and this one's called the Section 245A loan. This program works for borrowers who expect their incomes to increase. The graduated uh, payment mortgage um, starts with the lower monthly payments that increase over time, gradually. The growing equity mortgage um, has scheduled increases in monthly principal payments, um, both promise shorter loan terms. So then another one is, um, another, and the fact about it is that um, FHA loan also require lower credit scores and uh, lower down payments. Um, FHA loans are available to individuals with credit scores as low as 500. That's pretty low. That would that is within a year very bad range of FICO scores. So that's you when you put it when you when you kind of put the different scores in different ranges. Bad credit is usually around the 500s to 600s, um, and then there's fair credit, and that's kind of maybe in the upper part of the 600s, late 600s, like 680 to 700. Once you hit 700, you start going into fair credit. Once you go into early 700s, 720, 730, you start going into good credit. And then anything above a 670 is excellent credit. So credit scratch at 500, that's that's usually around the low range. So it's it could be someone has bad credit or they just don't have enough credit yet. It's still very uh, still very fresh. So if your credit is scores between 500 and 579, you'll be able to secure an FHA loan, assuming you can afford the down payment of 10%. Meanwhile, if your credit score is 580 or higher, you can get an FHA loan with a down payment as little as 3.5%. That's why it's really, really important to have a good credit score and a high credit score. The higher your credit score, the lower the down payments, the lower the interest rates, the faster it can be to book any kind of mortgage. And it's a great, great tool you want to use and you really want to work and focus on. Uh, by comparison, applicants typically needed a credit score of at least 620 in order to qualify for conventional mortgages. So it's a lot easier with the FHA versus a, a conventional mortgage. The down payment required by banks varies between 3% and 20%, depending on how eager they are to lend money at the time you apply. So, you know, it, 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 a mortgage or a bank or, or a mortgage company can be eager as to where they want to get new business, so they'll lower the payments. But maybe they're during they want to maybe they're in a time where there's a recession, uh, there's a depression, or economically things are not looking good for themselves or for the rest of the economy, and Kind of want to sit tight and they start, um, you know, they don't lend as much. So that's a situation where they where they wouldn't want to lend as much at, at, at a certain time. So one of the comparisons between an FHA loan and a conventional loan is that the minimum credit for the FHA loan is 500, for conventional 620. The down payment, like I mentioned earlier, is three and a half percent if your credit score is 580, uh, and it's 10 percent if your score is 500 to 579. 
with a conventional loan, down payments from 3% to 20%. And just really adjust according to the credit score. The loan terms for an FHA loan are 15 or 30 years only. For conventional, there's more options there's 10, 15, 20, or 30 years. A mortgage insurance, which is up from MIP and annual MIP, that's for either 11 years or the life of the loan, depending on the LTV and the length of the loan. Uh, with a conventional loan, none with a down payment of at least 20%. So if you have 20% or if your loan is paid up to 78% loan of value, you don't need any mortgage insurance. That is mortgage insurance premiums. So you usually pay it up front, which is 1.75% of the loan. Then annually, it's 0.45% to 1.05%. For conventional loan, the PMI is half a percent to 1% of the loan amount per year. So that's for 10 year, 15 year, 20 years, or 30 years, that's how much it's going to be. Uh, down payment gifts. 100% of the down payments can be a gift. Only part can be a gift if the down payment is less than 20%, and that's for conventional loan. Uh, down payment assistance programs for FHAs, absolutely. For conventional loans, fortunately, there isn't. Another thing is that a FHA loan requires that you pay two parts, two parts, pay two types of mortgage insurance premiums, enough from MIP and an annual MIP, which is paid monthly. And in 2022, the upfront MIP is equal to 1.75% of the base loan amount. Now let's look at loans that homes that qualify for an FHA loan. Usually the property finance must be your, your principal residence and must be owner-occupied. In other words, the FHA loan program is not intended for investment homes or rental properties. Um, however, there's a little thing about it. You don't you only have to live in that home for the first 12 months. The first 12 months under FHA loan, the rules are you have to live in there. After those 12 months, that's a different story. Now we can start renting the property out. That's one of the insights I can share with you today. Uh, another thing is that... um. Detached and semi-detached homes, townhouses, row houses, and condominiums within FHA-approved condo projects are eligible for FHA financing. So it has to be a very specific type. Also, you need a property appraisal from an FHA-approved appraiser, and the home must meet certain minimum standards. If the home doesn't meet these standards and the seller won't agree to the required repairs, you must pay for the repairs at closing. In this case, the funds are held in escrow until the repairs are made. Another thing, FHA loan limits for 2022 are, and for example, it changes according to whatever county you're in, obviously what state you're in. But for Los Angeles County, I'm using as an example because this is where I'm from, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners are from, from Los Angeles. Um, uh, right now, the loan limit is 970800 That's it for right now. Now, what, now that's that's pretty much for the FHA loans. Now I want to move on to another loan. Now I want to move on, like I said, to the USDA home loans. So I'm gonna go over the basics once again, some insights, and I'll give you a little bit more. Oh, one last thing. I'm actually gonna visit right now. Before we move to USDA, let's move back into the FHA one more thing. Um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, to purchase a home, an FHA loan, uh, you just need to put uh three and a half percent. So that means ninety-six and a half percent can be uh, financed. Um, if you don't, you can also do a no cash out refinance at 97.75%. And if you want to cash out refinance a loan, it has to be 80%. As I mentioned earlier before, um, FHA loans are 30, 25, 20, 15, but there's also an arm and that's five to one. It's a five to one arm. There's different versions for the, for the FHA loan. And someone would do an arm because with an arm loan, 
um, the payments are, are are smaller in the beginning, which means it's easier for people to qualify, specifically people who don't have the best credit. Another thing about the FHA loan, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, was that they collect the one-time um, insurance premium and an annual premium. Um, the houses that are that that, that do that do um, are they're qualified for these um, for, for FHA loan is a single family, a two to four unit residential, and home approved FHA approved condominiums. Uh, double wide manufactured homes uh, qualify as well. Uh, lease holds is not a manufactured home, so that would qualify as well. Actually, I don't think that would. Uh, ineligible properties. Actually, no, I take it back. Lease holds are a manufactured home. It's not, but it would qualify. So now, ineligible properties. Two to four unit properties with an accessory unit does not qualify. Uh, condos, hotels, and motels don't qualify. Cooperatives don't. Geodesic domes, homes don't. Mobile homes don't. Properties located within a coastal barrier resource system don't qualify. Properties on Indian lands or Native American lands. Properties subject to litigation. Product properties with a condition rating of a C5, C6 or a quality rating of Q5, Q6. Those are appraisal codes. Uh, codes of how the quality of the house and the, and the quality of, um, of, of the material for the house. So you have to have a good rating. If you don't have a bad rating, it won't qualify. Resort condos or timeshares don't qualify either. Single wide manufacturing homes don't qualify. And unimproved land or working farms and ranches do not qualify either. Uh, another thing about underwriting math, this is another cool insight, is that the ratios are not to exceed 31% and 43% uh, requiring compensating factors. What does that mean? That means that 31% is a ratio, it's a debt-to-income ratio. So that's based qualified on the mortgage payment. So they, they, they divide your mortgage payments by your monthly income. And that, your, that mortgage payment can only be 31%. It's on the front end. And 43% is on the back end. What that means is they add the mortgage payment, the interest, uh, the insurance, and all your other debts that are on your credit report, including you know your child support, uh, back pay taxes, any liens, anything else, and all your debts that show up in your credit report, like your auto loans, your credit cards, or you have another home as well. That max is only 43%, which means all that debt can only be 43% of your monthly income. That's another thing you have to remember. It's not just can you cover the mortgage payment, you have to have a surplus of money. So there's a lot of compensating factors for you to qualify for a mortgage, and that's just one of them. The debt to month the, the debt to income uh, monthly ratio. A lot of other stuff for the mortgage I already covered, a lot of cool insights. So I think that's it. Yep. So that's the only one. Okay. So now we can move on to something else. Let's move on, like I said, to the USDA loan. So the US Department of Agriculture, USDA home loans, um, our program offers mortgages to low-income residents of rural areas who cannot otherwise obtain a conventional mortgage. If you live in a rural area and can't qualify for a conventional loan, you may qualify for either USDA loan, a USDA guarantee loan, or USDA direct loan. The home loan program is designed primarily, primarily to help lower-income people living in healthier or unsafe rural conditions obtain a home that is modern has modern utilities and adequate space. Another thing is, um, I'm sorry, is that depending on the circumstances, the program can offer qualified applicants one of two options. 
a federal guarantee of a mortgage through a commercial bank or a direct loan from the government. Yeah, so it's going to be an actual mortgage from, from the government, not just from a bank. So that, that's another cool option that you have with that or a, a, a way to help you qualify that type of program for the USDA loan. On to another thing. Uh, depending on the circumstances, uh, we, 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 yeah, like I mentioned earlier, two options the federal guarantee or the mortgage to a commercial bank or a great loan from the government. And both, this is the big thing. This is why people like to get USDA loans because both are 0% down payment loans. You heard that right? 0%, which means they finance the whole loan. It's financed and it's insured. There's no down payment required. But like I said, it's for very specific type of people, those with lower income and who live in unhealthy or unsafe rural conditions. Let's go a little bit more into these two types of USDA loans. Uh, so uh, the guaranteed loan and the direct loan are very different. Although both provide housing in rural areas and offer no down payment financing, here's what you need to know about why each program works and how to qualify. So be eligible for a USDA guaranteed direct loan you cannot be delinquent on any federal debt. So you know what that means, student loans. And you must be a U.S. citizen or legal non-resident alien. So remember that. Guarantee USDA loan. The USDA loan will guarantee 90% of a mortgage amount for qualified applicants who obtain a mortgage through a bank or other commercial lender. This makes it feasible for many to get approval for a 30-year fixed rate loan with no down payment. The guaranteed loan can be used to can, use to, can be used to buy, construct, repair, renovate, or relocate a primary residence. USDA guarantee loans, but not the USDA direct loans, require borrowers to pay a loan guarantee fee of 1% of the amount borrowed. This fee can be paid by a lender. Borrowers may also pay on an annual fee of 0.35% of the loan amount. Individual lenders determine the interest rates they're willing to offer borrowers on these loans. So it's important to shop around. Okay, and make sure you have a broker because a broker will do the shopping for you. Like myself, I'm a broker. So here's how to qualify. Down payment is 0%. Assets, you don't need to have any assets. Your debt to income ratio is 41%. If you show a history of spending more than 41% of your income on your debt payments while still meeting all your financial obligations, you may still qualify. Credit score, no minimum. As long as you can demonstrate an ability and a willingness to pay the loan. It may be easier to qualify with the score at at least 640, though. However, you may still qualify if your, lower, your score is lower than, than 640 or if you have no score at all. Uh, another thing is you will have a stronger case if you don't have delinquent payments on your credit report or if you can provide a history of on-time rental payments or any other positive source of non-traditional credit. So a rental payment is a good one. You're paying rent, ask for receipts. Recorded somehow, you can add it to your credit reports like Experian. That's another way to show that you have uh, some kind of credit history. It's not traditional, but it works. Another thing is your income. So, low to moderate income, not to exceed 150% of the area's median income, must not qualify for conventional financing without private mortgage insurance. One year history of traditional employment or two year history of self employment. Or seasonal income so the income is a lot more looser see that You're using one year of your traditional employment two years of your, of your working for yourself or some kind of seasonal income and remember 
This is for low to moderate income, which means you can't make the hundred. You cannot exceed of one hundred fifty percent of the area's median income. Another thing is the location. Well, working to be at well it has to be only in rural areas. Another thing is a property type. So primary residence, non-income producing, and the product the property cannot have an in-ground swimming pool. So no in-ground swimming pool. You can't be renting it out units or a unit or the whole thing, and you have to live in it. You cannot you have to be investment property. The home size must be considered modest for the area, so it cannot be a huge house. That has to be small to medium house, you know, compared to the houses on the block or around the area. So it's rural. The property size must be typical for the area. It can't be too big or too small. It has to be, you know, a decent size. So now let's move on to the direct USDA loan. Now these loans come straight from the USDA and are very low and low-income borrowers who can't uh, get an affordable mortgage from other sources and who don't have a decent, safe, or sanitary housing. The typical loan, loan term amount is 33 years, but loan terms can be for as long as 38. So it's a little bit different. Not a 30, not a 25, 15, it's 33, 38. The interest rate on an, uh, as of November 2021 was 2.5%, but your effective rate can be as low as 1% after subsidies. I'm going to talk about what, how you can qualify for this USDA loan, the direct one. Down payment, 0%. Pretty easy, right? Debt to income ratio, 41%. Unless there are compensating factors such as a history of comfortably spending a higher percentage of income on housing. Credit score. Just like before, ideally you want to have at least a 640, but you may be able to still qualify if you have a lower score or no score. Like I said, to make your, your case a lot stronger, you have to have Few or non or no delinquent payments on your credit report. It means late payments, charge offs, collections. And if you and if you can provide proof of traditional credit, like I said, or history of rental payments, you're good to go. What's the income limit? Low to very low, low and very low income. Those limits vary by county and household size. There's no one specific number. You need to look it up for your area and the household size that you are. You're gonna or you're gonna be getting, you're gonna be creating. Property location. Location must be in a rural area, which is defined as an area with a population of 35,000 or less. Small town. Property type. Primary residence, non-income producing. The property cannot have an in-ground in -ground swimming pool. You can't have those million dollar mansions. <laughs> the home size, 2,000 square feet or less. Property size. Small enough that it can be subdivided into smaller parcels under local zoning laws. So what are the eligibility requirements for USDA home loan? Well, the home must be located like a city area with a population of 35,000 or less, and the home must be a primary residence. Loans are available to those with low and moderate incomes. Here's some summaries. The income limits vary depending on where you live and with the loan program. And in general, like I said, the credit score is that it has to be at least 640. That's ideal, but if not, you may be able to qualify with, like I said, a lower score or no credit at all. Also, you can, like I said, you cannot have any you cannot be delinquent on any federal debt. You must be U.S. citizen or not or legal, non-resident alien. If you have any kind of federal debt, student loan, anything like that, that cannot be delinquent. Now let's move on to the next loan, the third and final loan, the VA loan. I personally believe the VA loan is one of the best loans out there. Um, it's something that we can give back to our, you know, our to our to support our troops. 
It helps them transition from where they were at before in combat or at least enlisted to going back into society. Um, and, you know, it's just it's something that how we can thank them for their service. Regardless of how you feel about what war, um, you always have to remember to respect our troops and to, um, you know, be happy that they made it safe at home um, any way possible. And, you know, show them gratitude as much as possible. And the VA loan is one example of that. So VA loan is a mortgage loan available through a program established by the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Previously, it was, it was named the Veterans Administration. With the VA loan, service members, veterans, and their surviving spouses can purchase homes with little or no down payment and no private uh, mortgage insurance and generally get a competitive interest rate. So it's a really good loan all around. Oh, I forgot. Before we move into the VA, let me do what I did once again. Let me get some more highlights and some more insights on the USDA loan. So, with one of my loan loan lenders, the, the minimum you need to have is six twenty, and that's with HomePoint, and I can actually help you with that. And that's to purchase a loan. And let's say you want to refinance a loan, you can refinance at six sixty. Uh, that that's a great score. Uh, what so what kind of mortgage programs for um for the USDA? Well, you can do a fixed thirty. You can do a streamlined fixed 30. You can do a streamlined assisted fixed 30. The USDA fixed 30, that's for purchase. The streamlined fixed 30 is a refinance, and the streamlined assist fixed 30 is for refinance as well. Um, for manual underwriting, like I said, for credit, if you don't have traditional credit, you can get an alternative like a 12 month rated of uh, 0 to 330. So, what that means is that for the last 30 months, you don't have any delinquents, and you can come up with some kind of Verification of a uh, rental, so like you know, that you paid last 12 months, your rent on time. So uh, that, that's a good thing. That's another, that's another some insights on that. What else is there? What else insights do I have on it? Oh, this is pretty much it. Not too much after that. If you want to know more, some more basics about it, give me, give me a call, hit me up, and we can go over the VA loan and see what else, how it can help you qualify and how it could go uh, for the USDA loan and how it could benefit you. So let's get back to the, to the VA loan where we're at in a bit. So back, back to back track, let's just, uh, like I said, the VA loans for veterans, service members, and their surviving spouses. And like I said, you can, you can purchase homes with little to no down payments. They have no private mortgage insurance, and they generally get a competitive interest rate. So I think it's the best of all three. So how does it work? So VA loans help active service members, veterans, and surviving spouses become homeowners. They provide up to 100% financing on the value of a home. Eligible borrowers can use a VA loan to purchase or build a home, improve or repair a home, or refinance a mortgage. The VA sets quality standards, dictates the terms of the mortgages offered, and backs the loan, but doesn't actually offer the financing. Like I said, they just insure it. Instead, VA loan home loans are provided by private lenders such as banks or mortgage companies. The borrowers apply for a loan. They need to provide the lender with a certificate of eligibility from the VA. To get the certificate, you'll have to produce a service-related documentation, which can vary based on whether you're active duty or a veteran. A certificate can be obtained from the VA website. Although some of the lenders own underwriting requirements, still must be met in most cases. VA loans are easier to qualify than obviously conventional loans. VA loans, like the FHA loans and other loans insured by the government, the Department of the United States government have 
securitization to the Government National Mortgage Association, also known as Gini Main. These securities guarantee the U.S. government against default. Borrowers can apply for a VA loan more than once, but the funding fee increases when, a, when using a VA loan offer after your first time, if the down payment is less than 5%. Those fees range from 1.4% to 3.6% of the loan amount. Now let's go over the loan terms. The terms of a VA loans are quite generous compared to other mortgages and even other federal loan programs. Let's look at the benefits. So among them, uh, like I said, no down payment is mandated unless required by the lender or the resident's purchase price is above the established property value. There is no private mortgage insurance required. Closing costs are limited and may be paid by the seller. It's awesome. There's no prepayment penalty if the bar pays off the loan early. Assistance is also available from VBA to help borrowers avoid default. Now let's look at the credit scores. So the credit scores minimum requirements kind of differ slightly from lender to lender. The VA's only credit requirement for the borrower is to be considered a satisfactory credit risk by a lender. The benefits of a VA loan are the same no matter which lender you choose. <clears throat> types of VA loans. The VA offers several types of mortgage loans. The home purchase loan. So the home purchase loans help veterans buy a home at a competitive interest rate. These purchase loans often do not require down payment or private money insurance. For, for the cash out refinance loan. This loan allows mortgage lenders to borrow against home equity to pay off debt, fund school, or make home improvements. These refinancing options offers a new mortgage for a larger amount than the existing note and converts home equity into cash. You cash out the equity you book up. The VA also offers adapted housing grants. These grants help veterans with a permanent and total service connected disability to purchase or build an adapted home or modify an existing home for their disability. It's a really, really cool benefit. Now let's look at the interest rate reduction refinance loan. It's also known as the VA Streamline Refinance Loan. This helps borrowers obtain a lower interest rate by refinancing an existing VA loan. This is a VA loan to VA loan process that allows homeowners with an existing VA loan to refinance a fixed rate loan at a lower interest rate uh, or convert it to an adjustable rate mortgage or into a fixed rate mortgage. So it's just for refinances and it has to be previously already a VA loan. It cannot be a convention or FHA, but that has to be VA loan to VA loan. There's another one, the Native American Direct Loan. So Native American Direct Loan Program helps eligible Native American veterans finance the purchase, construction, or improvement of homes on federal trust land. Reductions and in interest rates also come with these loans. So that's awesome for our Native Americans. And that's just about it when it comes to that. Now let's take a look at some insights from one of my lenders. Let's see. Okay, so the debt to income ratio for a VA, I mentioned earlier in, in the other in the in the FHA and the USDA, it was from 41, 43%, uh, 31%. This one, the maximum debt to income ratio is 50%. So it's really up there. So it makes it really a lot easier for people to qualify for it. That means that 50%, so what that means is that the mortgage payment along, like I said, with any other debts, it has, it has maximum it can be as 50% of your monthly income. 
you're making five grand a month, for example, net or gross, um, then your debt can only be 50%, which is 2,500. With the other ones, it has to be 41, 43%. So it goes up a lot higher, about 10% higher. The credit score for purchases is 620. For refinance, it's also 620. Um, and like I said, you can uh, purchase a loan of value at 100%. And you can cash out at 90%. Well, let's see what else. What are there any other any other insights? Okay, so the fixed rate there's there's availability for a 30 year, 25, 20, and 15 is all fixed, and there's also an arm and that's a five to one. Uh, occupancy primary residence only as defined by the VA. A second home and investment occupancies are not eligible, so you have to live in them the whole time. Uh, Another thing, primary borrower must be a veteran and have document entitlement from the certificate of eligibility. Uh, they have not been; they have to have a social security number, and the borrower must have not been suspended or debarred from participation in federal programs. Surviving spouses of veterans that die in service permitted, if not remarried, can obtain valid COE and entitlement code. So that means that if you're a spouse, your spouse was in the was was a veteran or is active and they passed away. Uh, you can still benefit and get the VA loan as long as you don't remarry. That's the um, that's the uh, that's what it takes to qualify. Uh, so, what kind of properties qualify? Well, single families, PUDs, and VA approved condominiums. Also, two to four unit residentials, double wide manufactured homes. Also, that are less than seven hundred square feet. Now, what properties don't qualify? Cooperatives, leaseholds, mobile homes. Properties held in community trust. Properties with a condition rating of C5 or C6. Quality rating of Q5, Q6. That means, um, those, like I said, those are appraisal codes. for, um, And there's codes for you know, the, the quality of the house, how good it looks, and uh, and the material used for it. Um, so if it's really bad, then that won't qualify. Single-wide manufacturing homes also don't qualify. And uh, Texas fee at 50 and A6 loans also don't qualify properties for the type of loans. Let's see what else. Uh, aside from that, you have full entitlement um, to get a to, to get a VA loan, and that entitlement is 25%. And that's what the what the insurers of 25% of the loan amount. It only has partial entitlement. And the maximum guarantee has to be less than 25% of the loan amount or 25% of Freddie Mac. Like I said, the funding fee, there's none uh, when you purchase a new construction. When the down payment is none, uh, or there are no down payment, it's none. Okay. Credit history, no significant derogatory credit permitted in the last 12 months. And there's no late payments, collections, charge offs, uh, anything that's negative in your credit, things down. Uh, what about if you file for bankruptcy? Well, if you file the Chapter 7, you have to wait two years seasoning from the date of discharge. If you file the Chapter 13, it's permitted if a minimum of 12 months repayment is documented. So under those circumstances, you can qualify with a bankruptcy, but it has to be seasoned for a certain amount of time and under specific um, conditions that, you know, that the 12 months have been repaid and it's documented in the last 12 months of getting your bankruptcy. That pretty much does it for the VA loan.
um, going forward, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to start practicing, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm going to start releasing more content that's based around uh, mortgage programs. Um, you know, this is what I do. I'm a mortgage broker. I'm a credit specialist. And I know this is a financial literacy podcast where we touch on different subjects. But one thing that I want to constantly be talking about mostly is, you know, mortgages. Because this is the best service I can provide you guys. Aside from working your credit, is helping you acquire a home. Now I have some more. I have some more episodes coming up in the future. One of them is going to be reverse mortgages. Another one's going to be, I believe, how to buy a home. Um, alternate doc loans, which are loans with you know, with our bank statement loans. No debt to income loans, stated income loans, 1099 loans, foreign loans, foreign national loans, loans for people who only have ITINs. Um, I will be talking about a reverse mortgage loan in the future. I'll be talking about investment property loans, uh, you know, um, all different types of investment property programs. I'll talk about the conventional loan as well. I'll even go to other subjects like um, how to make, you know, uh, certain business ideas like the Airbnb and Turo. Uh, I'm maybe going to have a sooner that I'm trying to get a guest speaker of an accountant so they can talk about accounting, taxes, and bookkeeping, and how why it's important to have uh, an accountant or CPA or tax agent. Uh, I'm going to talk about also about 401ks, IRAs, annuities in the future. I know I touched up on it on Eunice a bit with um, Andres from uh, Elevate uh, in one of my previous episodes, but we're going to go a little more into other options that are out there. And like I said, I just want to have episodes for different investment ideas, you know, from an ATM to owning a franchise. Print on demand, you're an Amazon retailer, reseller, a lot of different things. And I'm going to have also guest speakers. Uh, we'll have entrepreneurs. Uh, some, some of them maybe are with, within the financial industry and some of them are not. Maybe they're a different type of business that has nothing to do with the finance world. But I'm going to have those type of client, those type of speakers as well. And talk about their story, what it took for them to get what they're at. And they can give some advice and some insights. If you have any questions for them, I'll let you know. So I'm definitely going to post the episode before. I'm going to make a post of who's going to be on there, what we're going to cover, so that if anyone has any questions for that guest speaker, you have more than enough time to ask me. So I can pass that on to them and we can discuss that. And like I said in the past, if you want to you want to be a guest speaker, you know someone who wants to be a guest speaker, you can make it someone who wants to do that. Or if you have any questions about a topic, or let's say I'm talking about a specific mortgage program, but, you, but your question has nothing to do with that, but you just have a question. Feel free to reach out to me. Don't ever feel shy to do it. Even has nothing to do with that. As long as you have a question and I can answer it, or my guest speaker can possibly answer it, that's all that matters. Because um, you might not be the only person who has that question. Someone else might be thinking that, and maybe you'll be able to step forward for them and get them the answer that they need. So this is a community. Um, you can learn as much as you want. Uh, you know to participate. So this is you know you guys. I you guys are the boss. You guys let me know what you want me to talk about, what you want to learn about. What questions do I mean to answer? Who do you want me to bring on there? If yourself or someone else, bring on the ideas. Let's make this the best podcast we can, the best financial literacy podcast, which is possible. I really, really want to teach people the basics of it and even expand on that. So uh, that brings this episode to a conclusion. About the 40-minute mark. Um, not like the other ones where it's been like an hour. It's a lot shorter. I did have to cover three different programs. But um that's pretty much it. So now I'm going to move on to the next uh, to the next uh, episode, hopefully soon. Um, I'll let you guys know when that drops. But this is the end of the government insured mortgage programs. And like I said, there's something I didn't cover 
you have a question about this episode or any of those programs, reach out to me if you want to apply for those mortgages, you were thinking about it, you know, somebody who does, or you just want to know what it's like, maybe not now, but for the future, or you just want to know more about the program in general. You know, maybe you know someone who does, or you just want to know more about mortgages. Maybe you want to get into the mortgage industry, uh, or maybe you already are, or you know, you just have you just want to have you just have questions about the FHA loan or the VA loan, or like I said, the USDA loan. Feel free to ask me; I can answer those questions as well. So aside from all that, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, this is my episode for October, and looking forward to the next episode in November and going forward. Have a good night and be safe.